0: We welcome you to the website of the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas. Thank you for being a part of this effort to preach and teach from the text of Scripture. First Peter 2, 9 through 12. That will be the location this time. First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. What should this passage mean to us? That's the question we hope to answer during our time. First, let's listen, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 12. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. That's 1 Peter 2, 9 through 12. What should this passage mean to us today? Let's find out. As we begin, let's remember the setting of this correspondence. In the opening verses, 1 Peter 1, verses 1 and 2, here's how it starts. Listen carefully to the opening verses of 1 Peter. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with His blood May grace and peace be multiplied to you. I want us to note who Peter was writing to and their circumstance. It'll help us understand the passage we're looking at in 1 Peter 2. Exiles, a word suggesting they were not in their native land. Dispersion is a term that goes along with that. They had been scattered. We might use the word displaced. So, Christians in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia who had been taken or scattered to these locations. They are the recipients of the first epistle of Peter. Add to that also from 1 Peter chapter 1 down in verse 6, it says they were being grieved by various trials, and their faith was being tested." That informs our understanding of this epistle, indicating the need of these recipients of the letter, their need for encouragement and very clear instruction from an apostle of Christ about who they were in the sight of God, their identity, and the urgency of continued faithfulness to God. In the sight of men... They might have been deserving of persecution, but in the sight of God, their identity was very different. I hope you have our passage in front of you, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 12. And I'll say to us that when you were living in an earthly circumstance or location, you did not choose. When you were subjected to hostility because of your faith, suffering for righteousness' sake, you need very direct encouragement and teaching that sustains your faith and strengthens you with teaching from God. So with all that in mind, let's go back and read again our text, First Peter 2, 9-12. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Now, while our circumstance isn't identical to those exiled Christians Peter was writing to, there can be no doubt that this teaching addresses the needs of all Christians and is best understood and applied before the grief of trials or persecution or being scattered. I want us to look at this passage with emphasis on four things—identity, ownership, purpose, and memory. Please keep your Bible open and let's study this together. I believe this will help us who serve God today— and will motivate those who have not yet come to Christ in obedience to the gospel. First, identity. In verse 9, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. In any relationship you are in, it is crucial to know and keep in mind your identity, because duty flows from identity. Clarity of your identity enhances motive and supplies assurance as you engage in obedience. The apostle Peter tells these exiled Christians they are a chosen race. That word chosen connects back to the opening words of the epistle where Peter addressed his readers as elect exiles, elect, chosen by God, God, before creation, made plans to have a people, a generation or race. And first, you think of the Jewish people, the descendants of Abraham through Isaac and Jacob. Those people became a chosen nation, according to Deuteronomy 7 and verse 6, but God had plans beyond that race or nation that in Christ he would have a chosen people, a holy Nation composed of anybody who responds to Jesus Christ. When people hear the gospel of Christ and respond, no matter their background, their activity of faith brings them into this race or spiritual generation. Do you see how important it is to know that, to know who we are? There's more. Look back in verse 9 a royal priesthood. Again, when we see that word priesthood, first we may think of the Levitical priest of the Old Testament era. That's not the reference here. These are Christians who, through Jesus Christ, have access to God without the blood of animal sacrifices. The word royal here connects this to our king, Jesus, who reigns over his kingdom that we are part of. If we are Christians, John states in Revelation chapter 1 that Jesus loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He made us kings and priests unto God the Father. Peter wanted his brothers and sisters in Christ who were exiles to know their privileged spiritual identity. And God wants his people today. To understand and appreciate who we are, Christians are not just associated with a religious sect or group listed by men in a book somewhere. We are part of a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Not every nation belongs to God in the sense intended by Peter here. Not every nation is designated as holy. Christians form a host or multitude of people set apart by God, a holy nation. I want to emphasize, no matter what your earthly nationality, your race, or earthly citizenship, if you are a Christian, you are in this holy nation that belongs to God, a spiritual nation. This is not a nation here on earth that has national human leaders or a physical army, This is a spiritual nation. Christ is the king, and the nation belongs to God. It is so important for our continued faithfulness to know and appreciate our spiritual identity. This is about who we are if we are Christians. Next, ownership, a people for his own possession. Here's a very simple way to put this. We belong to God. We do not belong to the world. We do not belong to a group of men who run the universal church at some headquarters location. We do not belong to the devil. Christians belong to God. One translation says, A peculiar people. Now, sometimes when the concept of being owned is first introduced, people express, suspicion or outright resistance. Nobody's going to own me, somebody might say. It sounds like slavery, somebody else might remark. May I give you something to consider about those kinds of negative ideas about ownership? First, in terms of origin or creation, we actually are already owned. God made us. He owns what he made. In Psalms 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. So we did not create ourselves. Evolution didn't bring us into existence. We are already owned by virtue of God being the creator. We were made in his image. Well, when we obey the gospel, we acknowledge his right of ownership, and spiritually, We become his people, his possession, in a sense, higher than physical creation. We're the new creation. To that I would add, being owned is good or bad depending upon who the owner is. And in this case, we are owned by the one God and Father who is over all and through all and in all. Ephesians 4 and verse 6. This passage is about who Christians are, who you are if you are a Christian, part of a chosen race and royal priesthood, a citizen in a holy nation, and a people for his own possession. The next part of this passage concerns purpose. Look with me at this phrase. I sure hope you still have your Bible open in 1 Peter 2. Look with me at this phrase, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Our purpose is to tell or show forth the virtues and praises of the God who owns us. How could people with this identity be silent? If you were chosen by God, functioning as part of a holy priesthood, a citizen of a holy nation owned by God, how could you be silent? We tell, we show forth through conduct and words the excellence of our divine owner. And this recalls, I believe, what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, Matthew five sixteen. Likewise, There is Paul's statement in Ephesians 3.21, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Peter is writing to Christians who were suffering, living in exile, and he wanted them to know even if their physical location had changed and might change in the future, their spiritual identity hadn't changed. And their response to their spiritual identity remained to proclaim the excellencies of the one who called them out of darkness into light. The apostle also wanted them to remember who they used to be compared to who they were now. Do you see that in verse 10? 1 Peter 2 and verse 10. Once you were not a people, But now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. As Christians, we cannot get careless or negligent or distracted about the value of our salvation, our receiving of God's grace and mercy. Think about who we used to be, what we decided when we were baptized, who God through Christ enables us to be now. We didn't always have this blessed identity. We were not always a part of God's nation. Peter says, once you were not a people. When we were living in sin, guilty as charged by the word of God, Peter says, once you were not a people. God's mercy delivered the gospel. When we responded as directed, we became recipients of mercy. Now you have received mercy, Peter says to Christians who were exiled. We must never forget it. The blood of Christ was shed to make that offer of mercy real. And when we heard that message, confessed our faith, repented, and we were buried with Christ in baptism, we became a people for God's own possession. Never forget it never minimize it it wasn't just one decision you made one day about a religious group it was a decision you made for life therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away from it hebrews 2 and verse 1 1 corinthians 15 1 and 2 now i could remind you brothers of the gospel i preached to you which you received in which you stand and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2. Now let's listen to the passage that we've selected for study this time. 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 9 down to verse 12. Listen again. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, which war against your soul, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. I'm going to take us further into this passage in the next recording. Are you being grieved by various trials? I speak now to Christians. I believe it is significant in 1 Peter 1, verse 6. Peter says various trials. We may not be persecuted or grieved in the same manner as the Christians Peter was writing to. It may not be persecution, but discouragement, illness, conflict, grief, pressure you are resisting. Read this passage and concentrate prayerfully on your identity, your purpose, that God owns you, And once before your response to the gospel, you were not so blessed. Never forget who you are, who God is, who Jesus is, what he did for you, and where you are headed. We are just sojourners here. Now may I speak to any who are listening who are not Christians. As we went through this passage, our hope is you have engaged in self-examination, that leads you to obedience to Jesus Christ. I want you to listen again to the opening verses of 1 Peter. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. We want you to hear that phrase, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and we want you to know if we can help you study this further and apply this and be urgent about becoming and being a disciple of Christ, please leave a message or contact us. We are the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas. Thank you, and more from this passage in the next recording.